Are you going to be teaching kindergarten next year for the first time, or do you know someone who is? Teaching kindergarten for the first time can be overwhelming, and maybe you're feeling unsure of where to start. Well, look no further. I have the ultimate survival guide for new kindergarten teachers. I created it based on all the things that you need to rock teaching kindergarten next year. All the things I wish I had known as a brand new kindergarten teacher. Get your mindset ready to tackle the challenges of kindergarten, learn how to set up your classroom for success, and master key strategies for teaching effectively. Plus, prepare for the first week of school like a pro. Don't miss out on this free guide, and please share it with your new teammates and friends who are moving to kindergarten next year. Get ready to embark on an incredible journey in kindergarten education with me as your virtual teammate cheering you on. Download the free guide today at www.kindergartencafe.org slash new dash teacher. That's kindergartencafe.org slash new dash teacher. Welcome to the kindergarten team. Hey, teacher friends. Let's talk about fall today. It is finally feeling like fall these days. I absolutely love fall. I love love. When the colors of the leaves start to change, it is just so beautiful. And there's this crispiness in the air. Winter's my actual favorite season because I love snow, skiing, as we've discussed. Uh, And I just generally like being cold over being hot. And I hate bugs. So fall and winter really are really the the golden uh, seasons for me. How do you feel about fall? Do the leaves change color where you are? Send me a DM. Let me know what it's looking like outside your window. But today we're going to talk about fall in the classroom, how to embrace fall, and teach our students critical observational skills. Let's get started. You're listening to the Kindergarten Cafe Podcast, where kindergarten teachers come to learn classroom-tested tips and tricks and teaching ideas they can use in their classroom right away. I'm Zeba, creator and founder of Kindergarten Cafe, and I help kindergarten teachers with everything they need from arrival to dismissal in order to save time, work smarter, not harder, and support students with engaging and purposeful lessons. I'm here to cheer you on through your successes and breakthroughs and offer support and resources so you never have to feel stuck or alone. Ready to start saving time and reducing your stress all while using effective and purposeful lessons that students love? Let's get started. First, I just want to say that if you love fall as much as I do and you want to bring it into the classroom throughout your day, I have nine fun math fall activities uh, that involve apples and leaves and all kinds of fall-related symbols. And one of them is completely free, and you can get it in the show notes below. I will link it down below for you to get a free roll and cover leaf activity game. I also have several other favorite fall activities in a blog post that I will also link so you can dive deep into the world of fall. I will give you a sneak peek, though, into one of my favorite fall activities to do in the classroom is with the book Leaf Man by Lewis Elhart. And this book really shows beautiful illustrations of ways you can arrange leaves into designs, into making stories. 
And so after reading the book, we use the leaves that I will talk about next, what we will be bringing in for our observational lesson. We use those same leaves at a station with this book and have the kids create pictures and create stories just like they do in the book. And then they take pictures of their leaf man creations and share it on Seesaw, or they'll even do a video where they tell the story about their leaf creations. And it only lasts for a few days before they turn completely brown. But even when they're completely brown, the kids still really like creating with the leaves. It is uh, essentially a version of loose parts, which we can certainly talk about later, but that's one of my new favorite play activities. But the kids are just moving around the pieces. They're not gluing them down. They're creating and recreating stories with them. And it all centers around creating with leaves. So that's a sneak peek to one of my favorite fall activities that you can find more in the blog post below. So let's talk about using fall to help us teach about observational skills. So observational skills are obviously so important in everything, but especially in science. Kids really need to learn how to look closely at something and ask questions, build knowledge, really uh, understand their surroundings by observing them. And so whenever I am teaching anything in science, observation is a critical piece of the learning that the students do. I want them to build their own knowledge based on their observations instead of me telling them leaves change colors in the fall. I want them to see it for themselves. What colors do you see? What colors did you used to see? What's different now? And using the five senses is a very helpful way to frame teaching observation for students. Kids generally already know the five senses when they come to you in kindergarten. They've usually learned that in preschool, but if not, it's a quick lesson because they're using them all the time. So framing their observation around the five senses is a really familiar and helpful way for them to practice this skill. Whenever I have something out in our science center for them to observe, I have sheets that list out the different senses, except for taste, because in some of the things, obviously, could kids could taste and some kids definitely can't taste. But in my school, we don't give out food. So that's a no-no for me. I do touch, sight, smell, and hearing. So Whenever they have something out in the Science Center, which if you are interested in setting up, I have a whole blog post on that. I will link that below as well. I always put out something that involves the five senses. So it really helps encourage their thinking on, okay, I need to think about what do I hear? What do I feel? Instead of just their go-to way to observe something would be with their sight, with what they're seeing. They sort of forget about the other senses. And that is a very critical part of deep observational skills is using our ability to hear and feel and describe what it is we're smelling, hearing, feeling, all that kind of things. So frame your observational activities around the five or four senses for students. When I start teaching my students how to observe, and this is a lesson in itself, I don't just jump right into having them observe something really important for our science units, I need to teach them first the skill, the isolated skill of how to observe something. So when I'm doing that, I start with familiar objects to them. And I love bringing in leaves as a way to start our lesson on observation. 
because they're everywhere. They're outside. They're falling down. The kids are talking about them. The kids are noticing them. And they're definitely familiar with them. And it's just seasonal. It's fun. So we bring in fall leaves and we pick them from the ground and we notice the colors and we'd have a big discussion on what it is to have an accurate drawing. Because when we think about a leaf, we think in our head green. Or if we're thinking fall, we might think red. But when we really look closely at the leaf that's in front of us, we'll start to see many different colors and different shades of colors. And so we spent a lot of time looking very closely with magnifying lenses on exactly what we are seeing in the leaf in front of us, which may be different than the leaf of the partner next to us. And that's also important that they're not supposed to look the same because the leaves don't look the same. I also love doing more observational lessons with apples and pumpkins because, again, the kids are very familiar with them and they're also very seasonal and timely. There are lots of really fun science-related activities that you can do with apples and pumpkins and connecting to learning about life cycles, and I will link those ideas in a blog post below. I highly encourage you to actually spend time not just on the outside of the apple and pumpkins, but to really open up the apples and pumpkins. Before you do that, have kids predict what they'll see in the inside. They might know, they might not know. And especially what they're going to feel on the inside. But opening up these apples and pumpkins are opens up a whole new world for students to imagine what's on the inside and really learn deeply about these living things in front of them. And I would also encourage you to bring in some unfamiliar fall objects that are related. I love bringing in mysterious gourds that you could find at farmer's markets because the kids they go to what they know. They know it looks like a pumpkin or it looks like a squash or it looks like kind of like an apple, but it has like a stem on it. They go with what they know. And then really observing this object helps them to expand their knowledge on fruits and vegetables, living things, etc. And again, they observe the outside for a while, do it, noting the, the texture of the gourd because they're quite bumpy usually and the colors that they see and how it changes in shape where it's wider at the bottom and then it has a little bit of a neck at the top. And then we open it up and it's very cool to compare the inside to that of the inside of a pumpkin. So those are just some of my favorite ways to include those fall living things into our observational lessons and our lessons on living things and life cycles. When we're talking about doing accurate drawings in our observations because we also talk about how we want to show our thinking and the best way for us to show our thinking is to either describe what we're seeing or to draw what we're seeing. And when we're drawing what we're seeing, we are drawing exactly what we see, not what we want to see. And I make the joke about how I love the colors of the rainbow, so I'm going to color my leaf rainbow. No, the kids shout, no. Or, you know, I love unicorns, so I'm going to add a unicorn in the background. And the kids shout, no, (laughs) because that is not what you're seeing. But if you don't talk about it, kids will draw what they want to draw 
what they think a leaf should be or what they want to include in the background. They won't draw exactly what they're seeing in front of them. So it is important to have that conversation. And it's important to model for them, choosing the colors, matching. Like I I hold up the crayon to the leaf and say like, well, this is a good match, but I'm going to blend it in with this color talking through your thought process with them of how you draw exactly what you see. After I teach students about drawing, then I want to support them in describing what they're seeing, what they're hearing and smelling and feeling. So I love using sentence starters with my students, uh, especially, this is especially helpful if you have English language learners Uh, But it really does benefit all students to have these sentence starters. So, for example, I feel, I hear, I smell, and then a blank line. Now, I don't expect them to, at this point in the year, to be able to write independently what it is they're feeling or hearing. If they can write some letters, great, but I don't mind writing for them. The key is that they're talking about these things. And it's a sentence starter to help them frame their thinking. And it helps them to start using the vocabulary of the five senses because they have the words in the sentence frame for them. I always also include visuals with these sentence frames. So you can see on my observational sheets that I will link below that I put out on my science center. The observational sheets have the sentence starters and the visuals. So an ear for I hear, a hand for I feel, a nose for I smell, an eye for I see. And again, having these sentence starters really helps students know that we're looking for them to go beyond just what do they see. We really want them to think about the other senses involved because that is an important part in understanding the object, the learning in front of them. Before you go, it's time for the quote of the day. At snack or lunchtime, I don't remember, I was offering a child a spoon to use, and the child responded with, the tongue is like the spoon, so they didn't need the spoon. So in teaching about the five senses, you could think about how the tongue is like a spoon. So there you have my tips for bringing fall into the classroom and using fall to launch your learning on observational skills and teaching students how to observe the world around them using their five senses. I would love to know which your favorite activity was and if you tried it in the classroom, how it goes. So send me a DM at Kindergarten Cafe or an email and let me know how it goes. Thanks so much for listening to the Kindergarten Cafe podcast. Be sure to check out the show notes for more information and resources, or just head straight to kindergartencafe.org for all the goodies. If you liked this episode, the best ways to show your support are to subscribe, leave a review, or send it to a friend. I'll be back next week with even more kindergarten tips. See you then.